Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hi, I'm Sue Rose Minahan, and I'm the host and astrologer of Talk Cosmos, these leading-edge, weekly leading-edge conversations, awakening your soul growth, for awakening yourself, right? And that's exactly the topic for today, which is the 5th of December, 2021. Venus, the most one of our most inner planets, close to the sun, on the other side of our orbit between us and the sun, is... Well, it it always conjuncts in its orbit with the planets. And we're talking about Pluto. They're both in Capricorn at this time of the year. And the significance of this is of many dimensions. Venus and Pluto have their own ways of conversing with us. If one looks at how through different cycles and it routinely has conjunct Venus and Capricorn since Capric- uh, Pluto's been in Capricorn since 2008, starting in 2009 until next year, 2022, although it won't leave until the following couple of years. But during this time, it has progressively been connecting. And for what purpose? To try to get us to revise and transform our values, everything that Venus represents. And in Capricorn, which is this conversation that we're going to continue with. Meanwhile, Venus soon is going to go retrograde on the 19th, which means it's going to be reassessing a lot of it, of, of everything that it, it wants to share with us. And Venus isn't just like Mercury. It isn't our intellectual. It's more of how our desires and what really connects us to what we want to manifest. I won't go on because Planet Buzz is superb and here we are ready for it. Focusing on planetary ecliptic orbital cycles and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship, these are the members of Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Leslie Francis, author of the 2019 and 2020 Llewellyn Sunsign books, a practicing professional astrologer intuitive, a lecturer, and host of my own podcast, Coloring Outside the Box. My lifelong search to understand what it is to be human led me to develop my own approach to astrology called Purpose-Centered Astrology. I passionately seek to support people in their greatest act of creativity, living life through consultations and webinars. Creator of Star Cards, I love talking and making people laugh. And I'm Dr. Laura Tad, 
I have a PhD in human science and work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with people around the world. I teach and lecture on astrology both in person and remotely. I have a blog. I have written for the Mountain Astrologer, Celestial Vibes, and Tarot.com. Additionally, I am the educational coordinator for Live Life Resources, an educational nonprofit specializing in resiliency training, education, and research. And as the ancient Hermetic Code reveals, as below, so above, as above, so below. Yes, indeed. Our title today officially is Venus Conjunct. Pluto in Capricorn and the plot thickens. Yes. And there've been three, just to keep us all up to date here, three conjunctions with between Venus and Pluto this year of 2021. One was in January. One is upcoming on the 11th. And the last one is going to be exactly on Christmas day on the 25th, at least here on this side of the world of um, that we are. So these are avatars of, change yes and leslie you had oh okay (laughs) and i will say that on the 19th when venus goes retrograde you know interestingly i want to share venus spins backwards as we know which really i think tells a lot about what we don't know about Venus. You know, we tend to think this, well, we know it's, what is Venus really? She spins backwards. When she goes retrograde, does that mean she goes forward? I don't know. And how to, and also (laughs) when she had her birth, she, uh, in mythology, she comes from Uranus, which is an, an outer planet, one of the old, uh, in mythology of the sky. And it was so in other words she doesn't have a real mother and it was a victory i would say a victory over uh saturn's attempt to stop to start time instead of and 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 Ven- and its propagation in other words it was castrated right i don't know on the line but you know people get so curious i mean they get upset about different words but that's the fact you know it stopped time I mean, it started time, you might say, with Saturn. So in other words, it was a victory out of, you might say, injury. I, I've never, I've, this has been coming in my mind about Venus lately, maybe because she rules Uranus and Taurus, and it's so instinctual. But regardless, it's instinctual, yes? Venus is instinctual, I think. Well, my perception of that image has always been that Uranus's gift to mankind was unconditional love. Exactly, exactly. Thank you, Leslie. I love that. I agree. And we it doesn't haven't... maybe make any logical sense, but <laughs> well, it was in my mind the most pure. The idea was is that, and I've thought about it in time. If Uranus and Gaia were propagating all kinds of things, it was like in it before humanity may have come along, or the animals and all that, and it was just a preparation of Earth extending this climate that was ready. But eventually there was, uh, you know, in our lives, we do measure the time. The sun rises, the sun sets. But before people could observe it or animals experience it, maybe it didn't matter so much if it's just, well, even trees. That's interesting because maybe it's also indicative of the fact that 
Venus can be um, a catalyst for change. Very much so. I think so, because she... If she's uh, birthed from the genitals of her dad's genitals, essentially, <laughs> you want to take it that yeah. way, well... You know, there, there's a lot of interesting symbology in that particular image. Yeah, creation itself. And I know that again and again, when one reads about metaphysical, how to have what the law of attraction, it's however that's been diagnosed, it's how we feel. You know, Venus in Taurus is all about feeling. And then Venus with Libra is all about how, what our relationships are. And it's not just people. It could be animals or minerals, stones. It could be source itself. Well, the interesting thing about that also is to think about how, you know, if, if we're, we're looking at the mythology and Uranus and Gaia produced all these children. So then Uranus going into Taurus, it, it could be a period of great fertility. Wouldn't that be good? I know, I know there's there's always two sides of things, and I know that with evolutionary astrology, well, it's a I get confused whether the Iran is there's a this, this change can be so sudden, right? That's the thing. It's so erratic. It's unpredictable with uh, Uranus well, and I don't that know that it's I, I I agree it's unpredictable. I'm not so sure that it's erratic because my sense is that. Uranus will give you lots of little signals that something needs to change and it only is experienced as erratic if you don't listen Thank you. early, maybe early right. enough. Yeah, I think an analogy I, I often give clients is sort of, you know, a riptide is, right? And it's like, well, if you try to swim forward in a riptide, nope, you're not, <laughs> that's not going to work. You swim sideways like Uranus spins and you get out of it and then you oh, ride the wave, that. right? And so that's, yeah, the erraticness is that, that undertow of that Uranus energy you know, and, but working when you work with it, then you, you catch the wave and you ride out of it. This reminds me, I love the reminder because Venus uh, came here to shore on a shell well, we don't know exactly, some kind of shell. It wasn't necessarily an oyster shell, a clam shell. When I go back further into the Babylonian type of uh, mythologies I've read. But the point was Poseidon, Neptune, uh, uh, raised her. And so it was the waters. Yeah. And Poseidon is not known as Neptune is to be so kindly. It was raging like today. You know, here we have this storm up top of the mountain in Hawaii and the shore is dashing against the beach, which is beautiful. I love it. Noisy and loud. And um, yeah, so the riptides, it, it's, you know, we don't think of it as so emotional, but it, well, I'll shift gears here a little bit more because you two are to prompt things, I suppose. But on the 19th, uh, Venus goes retrograde and on before this next conjunction, between the two conjunctions. So on the 11th and the 25th with Pluto and, uh, and just before the solstice, when the sun is at its, in the Northern hemisphere, uh, the lowest and, and dim. Uh -huh. Plus we're already, we're also coming out of a 
period when Venus was out of bounds. Yes. And so that's the point was, is that on the 19th, both the moon and uh, Mercury will be out of bounds. And, and, and they're not only out of bounds, but they're also at the same declination at 25. So in other words, even though uh, they're, they're trying to talk, they're trying to, they're doing a lot of uh, negotiating, even though they're in totally different signs that we would say aren't, maybe I should pull up a, um, is there a chart that I should pull up or else what's your thoughts? Because maybe we should bring up the conjunction itself or yeah, ideas. Yeah. When she, I mean, cause she goes retrograde very close to Pluto. So it's not exact conjunction, but it's under a degree, I believe. Um, should. So you have to pull up the, when she goes retrograde. Maybe. Well, let's see. What do I have here? Immediately speaking, I have December twenty fifth. No, that's not. But if I want it just conjunction, yeah. If I just want it retrograde, um, well, that's fine. I mean, you've got that up. That's here. I can. I can but do maybe that. Just the single chart. Yeah, I will do that right here. How's that? That's the nineteenth. Okay, goody. There we be. And for folks that are on the podcast, this happens to be Eastern time at 5.36 a.m. on the 19th of December. One of the things I found when I was doing a little research that was very curious, and I haven't unpacked entirely what it means. Um, But so Venus, you know, she goes retrograde every 18 months. It's not unusual for Venus to go retrograde. And she's been retrograde in Capricorn with some degree of regularity. This retrograde is entirely in Capricorn. And I found that twice in over 200 years. Oh, when was the last or over time? So the last one was recent. The last one was 2013. Oh, my goodness. And the time before that was 1802. <laughs> I had wow. to go all oh, the wow. way back to 1802 to get another Venus retrograde that the whole thing took place in Capricorn. Yeah, 1802 wasn't very long after the entire war in the United, you know, was finished. Yeah. But it was some time afterwards. I could pull up that chart from 2018. I have it. Yeah, I do. Do you want to do that? Here, we can do that. So she went retrograde at 20 degrees and got... um... Yeah, right. Uh, Was it in... Uh, December uh, 21st is what I... Oh, ugh, I have November. Hmm, well, I don't know if that's going to work. That's interesting. Maybe I wrote... I may have written it down. Yeah, okay. And shall I conjunct it with this? Oh, I see it was oh, retrograde. I wasn't looking at conjunctions. I was looking at retrograde. Yeah, and I was looking at uh, conjunctions. Okay, <laughs> well, then let's just do what we have. All right, so this is actually the conjunction between just shortly after that like this conjunction will be happening just shortly after the retrograde. So um, it would be before, wouldn't it? Well, it's before and after because it's on the 19th, but we have the one coming up. On oh, no, the we're looking at the, oh, the I'm 25th. looking at, I was looking at the 2013 chart. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Well, it, it um, let's see, it was at nine degrees that last conjunction. Well, again, I guess the only thing that stands out quickly in my mind are two things. One is that it's the thinking process, right? Mercury 
in Capricorn is trying to figure out things like how to manage, how to get, where's the power, where's the structure, all that kind of stuff. And also I'm looking at the Chiron with Uranus. Maybe it's time for uh, 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 getting that authentic identity attached to it all, right? And in fact, they're square. So that it is that real conundrum of who are we anyway with this new process of finding our new values and structure? Yeah, I mean, I think with this conjunction, because this might be the last one in Capricorn. No, it's not. I checked that. Nope. Oh, no. The Capricorn. Oh, oh, you're talking about. Okay, let's Venus see. conjunct Pluto in Capricorn. Is no, the it's next not. Conjunction Pluto out of Capricorn. No, it's not. Actually, well, won't we? Won't we second have... to last? Nope, it's two more next year. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say we'll have okay. five passes. Yeah, because it's going to be twenty-seven degrees next year. It's going to be in um, uh, conjunct our. Pluto return in the United States. So basically, it seems like ever since Capricorn has been, okay, let me get the thought out in the time. Since Pluto has been in Capricorn, it's been a slow, a constant process, like that glacier we're talked about with, well, maybe with anyway of change, because as we, as Pluto returns to the same degree of the United States chart, and, it, and there's been indication last year with some change with starting the war in 1775, bearing arms. And then this year, having the declaration 1776 against England. In other words, we're having that Pluto return. And at that time, Venus is going to be part of the team. Venus is going to be 27 degrees also. So our values have got to change somehow. Our finances, our values, our relationships. What and makes secure, Venus has a lot to do too, particularly in Capricorn around security. What do we need to feel secure, right? In terms of resources, in terms of physical safety, even sometimes with that, like Venus, that containment that is Capricornian energy of feeling like that that. What do, what do we love? What do we value? All of that energy. But there is the Pluto piece is, okay, well, what do we need to let go of? Right? What's, yes. What's no longer serving us? What are we holding on to simply because we're holding on to it as opposed to still valuing it? Um, and you know what? It, thinking of that and looking at March 3rd, if you see it on the screen here for 2022, it's also, there it is at 27 mm. degrees, which yeah. is moments, but also all this Piscean energy of letting go, you know, it's going to be, it's, it's in sextile 60, you know, it, by sign anyway. And with the moon there, I mean, it's all conjunct by leaps and bounds between the moon and Neptune and Jupiter and the sun. So the whole identity and emotional and beliefs are going to be, let's try, let's not escape. <laughs> if we do find a song or some inspiration to express ourselves and, and work out this new vision of, of uh, what you're saying of, of what is security, because Mars is going to be with 
And that's another aspect. Mars is going to be conjunct Venus for seven years. So there's all these, oh boy, um, energies that are. Mars is going to be conjunct Venus for seven years. Well, it's cycled. It's going okay. to be. Thank like, you. They move at very different speeds. Okay. You're right. But the conjunction in, in thank you, Laura. Yeah, the conjunction uh, in Capricorn, amazingly, it's for seven years. I was amazed. And I think it's because Venus does have this, well, it has its own, um, anyway, yeah. I haven't figured out exactly why one, all, all the different conjunctions, why, because the planets do constantly conjunct, but that conjunction as a seed energy lasts for a long period. And it seems to me there's going to be residue of this reforming our structures. Mm. Leslie, what's going, you're buzzing over there. Well, it seems to me that we discussed last year, Venus conjunct. Mars and, and Leo. So I'm a little, if we're talking about cycles, I don't, I'm, to be honest, uh, synodic cycles often <laughs> escape me. So um, I'm but that's wondering. Right. What... No, there's validity. I agree. And there is this. It's almost like uh, primary and secondary emotion. I'm constantly getting this idea of either or that are actually inclusive. But how are they inclusive, right? Because that's the whole buzz of life these days is that, no, if we're not going to be separate, we're united. But how are we united? So I see it as there's just like, oh, okay, I'm trying to think of what's simple. The, okay, there are the sorrows cycles of, of, of yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's many, many, it turns out, that are being in their 1200 year cycle from the South to the North pole or the North to the South pole. But what I'm thinking about the Venus star points. Oh, one is in this. I was just pulling out my book with Ariel Gutman, that beautiful book, the Venus. Uh, uh, here it is down below uh, Venus star rising. So, there's that in the star, the five points, there's the head and the two arms and the legs. And so there's a shifting. So the v, each one has its place, but they, just like royalty, I suppose, they aren't always king or queen of the day. So we have the Venus star point of Leo at the head right now, but uh, because it's every nine months, but we still, we have five Venus star points. Generally, they haven't changed. We have two, they come in pairs. There's one with Capricorn and Leo in a pair, one in Aries and Scorpio in a pair. And then we have the renegade, which happens to be Gemini. Well, two of the pair, and they last for 104 years. Two of the pairs are going to, are saying adios. See you later. And which they do. And that is, Aries and Scorpio, but the other two, Leo and Capricorn are still midstream. They're about 18, like this one's going to be 18 degrees, I think, coming up on January 8th, I found out, and we could pull that up. So at any rate, they're both living, but what happens is one becomes the arm and it, 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 there's an, a receiving and there's a giving. 
So there's a lot of science with this. <laughs> it's, it's a different role. Yeah. So they're still there. And, um, but maybe not just like in our charts, we have, they all have their functions of how to communicate and why they communicate. Did I clarify anything? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if my brain is working really well today. So, <laughs> well, let's go back. You could probably have... explain something really simple, such as add a cup of flour to the <laughs> to the egg butter mixture that you have, and I might go what? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know what? Since we are talking about Venus and Pluto, and it, today is the fifth, and we've just finished the eclipse yeah i'm thinking yeah the the, <laughs> yeah it it, it oh no it it's really... those three planets that are out of bounds mercury Ooh. mercury moon isn't it mercury moon and venus or is it mercury i don't remember i know it's mercury and venus for sure i just forget which the which one the third one is well i don't know about you but the last few days it's it's like you know <laughs> it is and you know what when we're changing when we have these energies that are instinctual more than uh, uh, um, I mean, how do we interpret things always? How, how do we communicate with Mercury? Because right now we could look at it like everything's being digested through those nodes. You know, we're trying to go forth, but actually our south node is in fire. It's in Sagittarius. So it just wants to get on its horse and ride a little bit, you know? Well, plus has- we just had a south nodal eclipse, which has to do with old patterns. And it kind of feeds into the Venus-Pluto conjunction. Mm-hmm. And even though it's been, they've been conjunct, obviously, several times since Pluto went into Capricorn. I think the significance is, A, the critical degree that Venus yeah. goes retrograde at. 26 combined with with uh with an opportunity to you know we keep on being invited to revisit um yeah our our feeling of how are we grounded you know speaking to what laura said about security you know how are we grounded and that's not an easy thing to do right now because uranus and taurus is doesn't want us to settle back into the same old groove and so when you look at how those function together and the fact that venus is going to be in capricorn for quite some time um and then we we begin that new cycle of i i know this because venus and mars conjunct in capricorn the day before my birthday (laughs) i've been paying a lot of attention to that uh it's interesting because you know we want to solidify things when we're talking about Capricorn, but you know, speaking of Venus coming out of the water, things are f- maybe more fluid, and we're trying to to determine how. And it speaks to the, the the March chart that you showed us, where there's more fluidity than there is in the retrograde chart. Yeah, I think because we are. Uh, soon we're going to break for a moment but uh, this is so powerful because it goes right back to the whole mythology it's not a clear 
picture. You know, this birth is coming out of a great need of survival, of getting to what we really desire in life for life. Like we said, the greatest unconditional love if we could really obtain it. And it's in a turbulent water situation. Water is like the riptides, like you were saying, Laura. So really, if we're unsure, I guess we need to be grateful. We'll come back really soon. This is December 5th with Planet Buzz, Top Cosmos, leading edge conversations with Leslie Francis and Dr. Laura Tad and myself, Sue Rose Minahan. Thank you. We'll be right back and appreciate you. we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Sagittarius, ruled by the largest of all planets, Jupiter, the Roman god, or Zeus by the ancient Greeks. By leaving a cycle based on power and powerlessness of life and death and regeneration involving committed relationships, Sagittarius energy finds meaning for an expanded perspective and potential for actualization in their search for truth. As a mutable fire sign depicted by the centaur, Sagittarius is adventurous and seeks the beyond. Sagittarius travels to far places, physically and mentally, to find the truths of life. Uncover new depths of yourself by decoding the moon planet cycles and phases. Uniting Eastern and Western astrological approaches, this groundbreaking book, Astrology by Moonlight, takes you beyond static birth chart analysis and immerses you in the diverse power of the lunar phases. Tara All from the USA and Ashwin Subramanyan from India have come together to take a fresh look at the moon and its synodic phases with each of the traditional and modern planets, including Pluto. Astrology by Moonlight also reveals how the phasal relationships between the moon and planets help you recognize your personal rhythms and find more meaning and purpose in everything you do. Life is full of cycles and phases, and anyone, whether they know astrology or not, can relate to them. And if you know almost everything about the topic, it just might open the door to a new perspective. One more time, the complete title of the book is Astrology by Moonlight, Exploring the relationship between moon phases and planets to improve and illuminate your life. And is now available to order on Amazon and most places books are sold. The book will be out for delivery when it releases on December 8th. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So... Grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha, and enjoy the show. Hello, this is Annie Hart, spiritual teacher, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. 
where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. Hi, here we are. Well, you're right, Leslie. And this is, again, uh, we're talking about Venus in Capricorn conjunct Pluto, the Plothicans. So, yes, all three are in retrograde right now. The moon, Mercury, and Venus. It's like a whole out of bounds. Day. Out of bounds. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Out of bounds. Meaning. Retrograde moon would be scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, I know. And there's going to be mining up there. Both China and the United States want to mine the moon. I'm like, oh, no, please. Anyway. Um, so advanced thinking, but no. So, so the point being, they're all three away from the sun's domain and can talk. And they're all talking to us. They're, you know, they're, it's pretty vocal right now as we're trying to figure this out ahead of time. You know, and I also wanted to make a quote that I was reading from the book just to tie up because we were looking at Venus star point, which is ahead of time, right? It's January 8th and all that. But like we, you had said, Leslie, the, we know that Venus in Capricorn is going to last until March because it is going to go retrograde. So that rather than just a quick visit and tour, it's going to be extensive. There's a lot to be shared as we're rebuilding our security, right? And so what she said as a quote, this was from Harriet Beecher Stowe who had Capricorn Morningstar, never give up, for that is just a place in time that the tide will turn, meaning preservation, right? And that is so Capricornian. It is tradition. It is stability. And, uh, and how do we she was rebuild? all about breaking up the status quo. Yeah. The right? I mean, Henry Beecher Stowe, right? I mean, she wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin, which was yep. huge in moving the abolitionist movement forward in this country. Um so it's well, interesting because she was all about breaking up the status quo. Yeah, and she was <laughs> and a morning star, which means it's a little more vigorous. And I didn't go on, but the about five or six of the people that helped write the Declaration of Independence all had Capricorn evening stars. I was like, oh, my goodness. So I guess they had uh, reconsidered. They had Venus and Capricorn as evening star? Yes, they have the Capricorn Evening Star. I could go back and try to find that. Yeah, But any rate, what we're talking about, maybe we should bring up one of the conjunctions. Let's bring up on the 25th or the 11th. We could do both, I guess. Yeah, start with the 11th since that's just in a couple days. Okay. For those people being so patient here, it would be down. I, there's, I did every single one with uh, solar fire, which we can do. Oh, I did the wrong one. So I think the question becomes, can we come together to create a different form? Mm-hmm. Wait, or is it going to be individual, like my change, not your change? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, the I Ching does say you cannot change the world unless you're prepared to change yourself. So, yeah. Oh, here you go. There you go. And I was just remembering from reading also with alchemy, 
because I think the three of us are in this book that we're trying to get through about ideas. But but that is that one cannot integrate the opposite until you meet your shadow. And the best way is part of it is elementary. I mean, elements, right? Because we're talking Capricorn here. And I'm noticing that in this chart on December 11th, coming up in a week after um, today, on the 5th, that Mars is at the end degree, another critical degree, 28 degrees, 29 degrees of uh, Scorpio. Hmm. But it, our actions, in other words, of how we're assessing our power and how we're, what we're exchanging with people and the broad, for the United States anyway, or and East Coast, you know, with Canada. And if Leslie is from Canada, we can't, we must remember there's other places in the United States. Um, you know, in other words, we have some help, right? But it's still, maybe in Scorpio, is you have to be very pure about your intentions. Well, and then at least for that, the moment of the conjunction, it's trying the moon. Yes. So it is back to that. And Pisces I, at 27. Yeah. The emotional. The Mars uh, is trying. Yes, exactly. So we're debating between. Uh, well, or just very emotional about what's going on. Right. Oh, thank you. That the challenge trines are just easy flows of energy. It isn't necessarily beneficial. So the challenge of this is going to be to not be emotionally reactive to the changes that are maybe being put into play or how maybe not. It's not to not be emotionally reactive, but to be mindful of how we react emotionally. Now, this could could be a hair trigger response. Well, yeah, especially since we're in a first quarter moon. Yeah, which is act, but but the Venus Pluto sits right in the midpoint of that trine. Mm. And so, interest. Go ahead. So it, I, I really, and we, and I, I assume that's Capricorn rising. Yes. Yes. Um, so, again, how's the structure going going to change? But also the Moon Neptune. It, mm-hmm. yeah, you can. Uh, react or you can respond mm-hmm. and with it's a really interesting thing because one of the first things that popped out to me is can you understand that you might not know exactly what you're creating mm. but if you're in the first quarter moon you, you have to take those steps you have to start to manifest something yeah and intention really matters or one could just escape and have a good party because it's holiday time. You know? <laughs> With Capricorn and, rising, you're going to have a party? Well, that's <laughs> true. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, and it, it's a good point. And this is for the nation as a whole. But it's not retrograde yet. Let's go to the next one. Well, you've because, got San Francisco as the location without oh, Cap rising. I do. Oh, my goodness. You're right about that. I forgot. I had not changed that. So... Okay, so maybe we won't look at the rising so much. We'll just look at the, here it's retrograde, or I could change it too. I mean, I Don't think it's okay, because it. it's yeah. good to keep it more. Um, about the energies and not about the. Yeah, location, because yeah. that can, Thank how you. we're, the areas. All right, I mean, None of us have that as the rising. It's not where no. any of us live. And, so. <laughs> and you know what? Isn't this fascinating? Because we're asking, how are we going to negotiate? 
how are we going to rebuild? Well, here we are already on a very simple illustration already coming to terms with, okay, we won't look at the particulars. We'll just look at the broad energies of it. So hopefully that might be by the time we get to the real retrograde of, when I say the real retrograde, it's another conjunction, but it's a retrograde on the 25th at 25, 26, you know, up at 26 degrees Capricorn. When also, I believe Saturn and Uranus are exactly, you know, the rulers are is, is exactly well. It's probably square. a good thing that this happens uh, in the in the middle of the night, because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, Christmas dinner could be very interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, it, and, it is, and what degree is Jupiter at? Twenty nine. Yeah, 29. Just before it goes, it goes, I think, on the in a few days to Pisces to have its entrance. So, you know, again, it's we're wanting, I think, to find another way if we could just get a, a different boat to sail on. But, you know, it's it's. Uh, um, and I think maybe that advice about the tide, in other words, timing, you know, Capricorn wants to control the time, but really sometimes it, it is the, the moon and sun and the moon largely has a lot to do with the tides. You know, it, it is, it, it, it evolves in its own method. So in other words, there's more to be added to the story here. With well, the, mm -hmm. the interesting thing about this is that is that you know the sun is in Capricorn, correct? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Three well, so uh, Saturn in this chart is essentially unaspected, other than a separating trine to Uranus. I didn't look at semi-squares. I was just looking at... No, it's a square. It's a square to Uranus. Yeah, but it's a that... separating one. Well, yeah, four minutes. I mean, it's eight minutes, but it's pretty close. And Uranus, you think it... Yeah? I mean, they're well, both only, 11. Well, the only reason I say that, well, and even if we consider the square to Uranus, it does not bode well for maintaining structures as they are. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Leslie. Sorry, yeah. I was getting picky about four minutes, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but of I course we know that. that that square hasn't finished its playing with us, so <laughs> right. No, no, and it is right because Uranus will they'll they'll reconnect. Hey, Uranus, good. I'm going to stop sharing and go back to everybody and say, you know what? I'm thinking is integration, isn't it? Rather than. Uh, feeling like we have to resort on our thinking process because we have the nodes in Gemini right now. And there is this emphasis that Mercury as a steersman is trying to tell us this, but actually Mercury Hermes goes down to the spirit with the underworld. And when we're looking at this Venus in Capricorn that Pluto is working to a transform or is transforming, 
and has been. Uh, it, it's a matter of involving inclusive, inclusiveness, right? With our feelings, with our neighbors, with so many other aspects, you know, of listening to. Well, in my mind, it should be an opportunity for us to find uh, uh, a way to bridge the polarities that have become increasingly um, rigid, right? And recognizing that the guy across the street, e even though you don't agree, is st still a human being. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and try to find a way to uh, because Capricorn in energy can be somewhat isolationist. Wouldn't you agree? Well, it's a structure, so it has a boundary. That's right. It's not, it, there is a limit. There are limits and boundaries and, when it comes. And then it. you look at this, you know, the, the balance of the nodal axis and, and because Sagittarius energy can be quite self-righteous. I'm right. You're wrong. Yes. And, and so the and with the Gemini North node, it's been an opportunity. We're supposed to be listening, not not just talking. We're supposed oh. to be listening and understanding yeah. the communication isn't just when words fall out of your mouth. And Venus does rule Taurus, which is the senses, which includes ears, which is listening. Well, That's and Venus true. is about connecting with others and find you know finding. Uh, a way to consensus if it's possible, or at least being open to others. And I really think, would you agree that because it's in Capricorn, it's shifting Capricorn a lot, the sign of Capricorn. I think going ahead, Capricorn, all signs on a general um, consensus begin to get certain identities and they don't encompass the full spectrum of the dynamics. You know, we tend to have little cliches of ideas of what a sign incorporates and Capricorn certainly does manage and it certainly has time oriented factors and discipline and authority and mastery and all these abilities that that little sea goat that went from the sea and lost its tail and went up to the top of the mountain, you know, ob obtained to see a new view. But what did it look at? It's looking at perhaps a new vision, right? The, and, and what made it, which is its intention, which is its alignment with spirit and all of that perhaps we'll begin to incorporate a wider identity with what it takes to have mastery. Sure. And I, I think too, you know, we're part of this period, I think, because Capricorn gets so associated with work and vocation too. So I do think that that's part of this is as we're hopefully knock on wood coming out the other side of the last 18 months, two years, what does work look like? And the conception of work and hard work and what it means to be a hard worker being reinvented. And Venus, that conjunction with Venus being part of like, okay, well, you can value work, but maybe it's not a 40 hour work week or a 60 hour work week doesn't mean you value your work more than somebody that works 20 hours a week. 
and that being where there's this opportunity right now to reinvent right the transformation being like okay it transforms well then it has to be rebirthed it's not just the death of something something has to be birthed which is the polarity of the cancer right so that's part of this this energy too that we're finding ourselves in at the end of this calendar year and, and i Wait. also think it, it's connected to purpose you know you know because you know venus is what you value and so you know what purpose do the structures in your life serve are you hanging on to them because they're familiar or are you recognizing the interchange that's taken place and and you know how many you know, you've heard people, and, and I'm, I can't come up with any examples right now, but increasingly you hear people talking about how they see their lives differently than they did 18 months, almost two years ago, almost two years it, ago. It really does return to this idea of who are we listening to? And it, it, it Capricorn is conditioning. And so, you know, so much of, of our values of who we are identify with relate to society or to our to what we've been taught, you know, and so this becoming so if our intentions is what drives our direction of um, not in an action way, but just as uh, manifesting what we attract and mm -hmm. what we intend, then it's like, who are we? Like you're saying, getting back into the interior of our own nature, our own self, you know, we do beat to our own drum and it is a, it's a matter of stepping out. It's a, uh, maybe the time at home has made it so that we can hear ourselves more. It's interesting polarity with, cancer with the moon thinking as we speak we have this moon out of bounds and venus out of bounds and and mercury out of bounds all three going yeah 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 we're <laughs> i think we're getting the picture well you know interestingly enough we think about it uh we uh well from a modern astrology point of view you do have a mars pluto mutual reception because mars is exalted mm. in capricorn so and, and I know that not everybody works with those particular um, rulerships or, or mutual receptions, but I do think that it that there is a drive there. Whenever Mars is in Scorpio anyways, there's an intensity of, 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 of uh, oh, for heaven's sakes, like, it just went away, uh, an intensity of drive, an intensity to, you know, to, Commit yourself wholeheartedly, mm, you know. Passion. Mars and Scorpio only has two speeds, zero and 180. <laughs> so, you know, you factor that in, and this it, this is why mm. this this chart is important. It's not, I mean, this this retrograde and the conjunction are important. It is is the interrelationship with the rest of the chart and how it amplifies that, that Venus-Pluto mm -hmm. conjunction. Oh, that means more inclusivity. Yes, Laura, Laura you were... No, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, it is just a fascinating uh, full circle cycle because trying to get out of logic sometimes is just get off the diving board and dive in, right? You know? Yeah, and what you're talking about is really the passion and, and yeah, it's risky. You know, sometimes we fail, but yet then we have experience and... Uh, there are cycles, tides go in, tides go out. And 
it has to do about a new legacy, a new legacy of um, operation. And it, so it means new tools, new inner um, systems of hearing ourselves. You know, and a lot of it, it has to do with, I think, those mysterious signs that really have a connection. And you know what? Like, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but I happen to live next to the recycling place. And they're like <laughs> working at it industriously. And as you said earlier, like you just have to get along with your neighbor that maybe, you know, you don't agree with. But there's so many ways. Like here I'm going, like, I would love to leave this spot, go there and close the door that I thought I'd let the air in. Can you hear that bang, bang, bang constantly? Yeah. So we're it's, recycling It's not as life. irritating to us as it might be to you, though. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I'm so, I, so there we go. Identify with what percolates. It's like, well, that's recycling now. Isn't that like Scorpio? Actions in Scorpio going, okay, it's a little of this, little of that. Just put up with it. You know, it's like fermenting, right? Fungus in the works. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I don't know either, but bacteria, right? If we're going to go pandemic and we're going to go changes, fungus, if you've seen Netflix, it's supposed hey, to be. Hey, don't first. give the virus any ideas, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, well I've been in Capricorn too, right? Transforming structure. That's recycling, ultimately. Yeah. New Reinventing, structures. you know, rebirthing well, of the existing structure. It'd be interesting to see how much more recycling we do now as opposed to when before Pluto went into Capricorn. Mm. You know, to track all, all of that. Oh, <clears throat> that. Oh, my gosh. You just spurred a thought. Earth Day started, what, 50 years ago because I did a talk early on, I think this year, and I was doing like a solar arc which is a, 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 a astrological progression. And so of that, there was some major changes of 30 years, you know, it takes 30 years to go into a new sign. And uh, it, it appears that we, it's coinciding with the need that is going to be more on a cancerian, let's get involved because we care about it. So yeah, the structures, maybe the polarities, Capricorn and Cancer, Earth, Venus, going backwards, getting back to what, what do you really want what do you really need and what have you told yourself you want and need that you don't actually want and need anymore yeah exactly. and that relates to the other folks <laughs> that we're not alone we've got a our mountaintop has <laughs> about fungus <laughs> <laughs> we're back to that are we <laughs> back to the basics thank you Leslie <laughs> thank you Laura Dr. Tad it's a real pleasure. Planet Buzz once again. And goodbye to 2022-21 for Planet Buzz. We'll be back. We'll be back. Next year. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 